and welcome to the Computer Game Show. My name's David Turner. I'm here with James Farley. Hello. Sean Bell. All right. And Matt Murray. All right. So, uh, this week, <laughs> I think it's going to be a new feature, uh, Farley's Corrections, because uh, <laughs> he's been getting I'm, hammered you know, on Twitter, the boy. I'm glad that you brought this up, because actually I've got a list of, of things that I need to admit that I was wrong about. Can is I, this can from I... the last show or just in life generally? It is in life. Well, it's, it's, it's a bit of both, actually. It's, it is a bit of go both. On, go on, I'll, I'll hand it over to you then, James. I've got to hear this. All right, so first of all, turning off motion controls completely in Star Fox. I wasn't right about that. You you can't completely turn them off. So, yeah, that was yeah, wrong. Yeah, I thought that. I, I said at the time, always trust John Denton. Turns out I was right. Yeah, he was right. Um, okay, number two, Zeppelins not being in World War One. Um, okay, although they were in World War One, they weren't in the way they were depicted in that trailer. <laughs> Listen, it's, how were so, they depicted in that trailer? What are you talking about? On the battlefield, they weren't no, on the battlefield. They were used for bombing standing raids. Standing there, looking at a zeppelin. There wasn't. It wasn't a battlefield. It was course, just a man a looking bat- at a zeppelin. The game's called Battlefield, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it could be anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. So okay, so I was I was partially wrong about that. I'd um, also like to point out the fact that you were the one pushing the fact that it was an alternate reality, not the actual World War One. So. That's what I'd heard. I'd heard that it was that, but apparently so that's then it also... would make sense of Zeppelins being on the battlefield, then, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, that's that's yeah, whatever. Anyway, look, can you just <laughs> let me get through my list, okay? This is... <laughs> I can't. I don't think I do, can. He's doing his best here, Dave. Come on. <laughs> okay, so the third thing I was wrong about. Was obviously recording the podcast recently. That didn't go so well. That was that was wrong about wrong about it. it just well, not wrong. It was just a mistake, it. you know. Yeah. Um, okay. The fourth thing that the FA Cup wouldn't be on terrestrial TV. I admit yeah. I was <laughs> I was I wrong about that one. Wow, I don't even remember that. Yeah, yeah that Dave, was... David definitely remembers that one. He, you, he loves bringing that up. I think we made that bet in a calf in Sutton. Yeah. On like early in the morning, like you'd stayed over the night, and we were having a fry up in a calf. And you were like, no, David, it's on Sky. And I'm like, it's the FA fucking Cup. Of course it ain't on Sky. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out I was I was wrong about that one. You were, yeah. Uh, okay, number five, um, that Nintendo would drop the price of the Wii U. That that didn't happen as you... No. Nope. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, I've got... Uh, that's, that's five things so far, but I'm sure there'll be more by next week. Yeah, the tuner for the Xbox One. That was... No, 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 you're one. not having that one. That you're absolutely not having that one. <laughs> I, I am, but there you go. That's like, but let's not dig up old ground. But uh, yeah, so you got battered on Twitter, and I was quite happy with that, to be honest with you, because uh, what you would be, you know, you're a smug little prick, and just to take you down a peg or two is, uh, you know, it's always good to see. Do you know what I mean? It was like watching uh, Chelsea fuck up their season this season. It was funny watching James fuck up in life over and over again. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. It was, it was great. <laughs> um, yeah, bit of a weird week, really. It's been quiet on the old gaming front. Um, although, did anyone... I, I think the biggest thing that happened uh, that I noticed uh, on Twitter, because I've kind of been out of it. Like, I've been sort of caught up in a little bubble of, of uh, playoff football and um, and playing Uncharted. But like, uh, I did take a time out of that bubble to read the article about Lionhead on Eurogamer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Did you? Did everyone read that or no? I did. Uh, yeah, I made it about halfway through, and then I had yes. to stop pooing and get on with my life. So, <laughs> and you haven't had a shit since. No. <laughs> um, 
really good. Like I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I thought Pete Molyneux come off very badly in it. Mm. It was a weird one, wasn't it? It was good to see a little bit of insight. And I knew this story would come out. And I'm still convinced there's going to be a uh, a movie about Peter Molyneux. I think it's too... Uh, I mean, it's too easy of a story to take on. But um, the most interesting thing of the, the, the whole interview, though, was, uh, for me anyway, was the whole Milo thing and what the original idea for Milo and Kate was. Did you make it that far, Sean? No, I didn't. See, that, that bit was genuinely brilliant. And it was very, very interesting... But especially like that whole thing about how they were just going to have like you rearranging your room <laughs> while his parents would be in the background just arguing. That was the well, what? This is it. this is it, right? Okay, let me explain. Let me explain because I think the article focused on one aspect of the game. Like I could, I had a feeling of what that game was originally intended to be after reading that and reading what um, people that worked on it had said about it. And I think they focused too much on one particular aspect of it. But if you go back and watch some of the Milo and Kate stuff, we know that the Connect stuff is bullshit now. But one of the sort of underlying emphasis of like what what Peter Molyneux was trying to get out there was that you will feel connected to this child, right? Mm. That that you are going to, you know, you are going to have a relationship with this kid. And I think we after watching the trailer, and understandably so, I'm not having a pop at anyone, but we sort of saw that as, okay, Milo's like a Tamagotchi then, mm-hmm. and we're kind of raising him. But no, when you hear the original idea, the original idea was that you were this little boy's uh, imaginary friend. That was okay. that was the concept for the game. And one of the examples that was given, now this was kind of misplaced in the article as this is what the game was. You know what I mean? And I don't mm. think it was that. But one of the um, the parts of the game that was spoken about was that you would be helping him tidy his room while you hear his parents arguing downstairs. And right. then you get... And when you think about that moment, right? Although you like your initial reaction, taking that out of context, you're probably thinking, fucking hell, that's a bit strong and depressing. But I think that was just one of the tools they were going to use to sort of connect you to the character of Milo. I I thought it was an interesting idea and an interesting way of making you connect. If the whole game was that, that obviously it would be horrible and you wouldn't want to play it. But I think the original idea was try and get the player to interact with this character in a way that they haven't before. So that's where Connect come in. But also make you really feel for the character that you're interacting with. Like have an emotional connection with them. Yeah, because I guess it's like, I mean, I presume the implication is that, you know, trauma, or not necessarily trauma, but like just shit at home is the reason he felt the need to create an imaginary friend. Exactly. And it's a bit like, look, this is horrible and it's why you exist. (laughs) It's why you're here. (laughs) That's exactly it. And I I, I think that is a a mind blow. That's an incredible idea Mm. that I think what went wrong is that when we first saw it, we saw it as a tech demo for Connect. We didn't see it as a game that was trying to, you know, emotionally engage you and connect you to this character. Mm-hmm. We saw it as a tech demo for Connect, and it turns out that the stuff that they were shooting for was, you know, it's not even possible now, let alone back yeah. then. So back then, we were kind of blinded with not what this could be, this game. It was, you know, look what it can do. And I think that's where the whole Milo-Kate thing just sort of fell apart. 
mm. the focus of the game sort of shifted and um and yeah inevitably it was canned and and it never came out but but one of the things they said though was the fact that they hadn't really worked out what the game was like really like what to actually do no because i read that as they didn't yeah they didn't work out what the gameplay was mm. rather that they they had the concept for the game and they had the idea and um uh they ha- they had the basic um feel of the game there i think that's i mean got literally just going through the few, few quotes that are in that article about it what they didn't have down was how you were going to re- interact with him and how they were going to bring this connect stuff into their initial concept and um yeah that's a bit of a shame really because i mean it sounds like a, a whacked out game that you find deep down in in a, a steam cell you know what i mean like where, where mm. it's like ooh, emotions <coughs> uh but damn it kind of makes me wish that it did come out in some form you know what i mean because that idea of you being an imaginary friend to this character on screen just sounds really gripping to me i don't know why i just i really like the idea but that's the problem with modern new stuff isn't it the, the ideas always grip you but they never yeah. uh they I never mean, actually execute what's quite interesting about it is like the way that you know they built this whole sort of demo for us to see which i remember when that came out and everyone was like that's amazing you know this is like really the future like look how great connect is but you're thinking why did they do that you know when they when it was clearly all like staged and it was all you know like uh, you know that way. Why do that? I don't that? think I don't think anyone goes out to intentionally lie to their audience. No, no, I'm that... not saying. No, I'm not saying they were intentionally lying. I'm saying that they were like clearly shooting for something that probably wasn't possible. Why would you set yourself up for that fall? Do you know I, what I mean? But again, I I don't think. I mean, it would make stupid business sense to put something out like that, knowing connect limitations at that point um i think maybe they thought by the time it comes out it's that that's what the sort of stuff that they're going for i mean all if you look at all the promotional stuff for connect just before it come out it was things like hold up your skateboard and it will scan it into the game you know it was stuff like that i i just think that the end product was nowhere near their initial expectations so they'd gone out and told developers yeah you can scan shit in yeah it can pick up when you're holding stuff up to the screen and all that sort of uh, holding stuff up to the camera and all that sort of stuff um and then when the final product came out and it wasn't able to achieve that i don't know who who's to blame there i don't i i, I find it hard to blame Lionhead for that if they were told that this product was able to you know do the stuff that they were promising do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um it's a tough one the the, the other uh, the other funny bit of that article i thought was when they were talking about fable legends and um uh they were working on this game for a while and if you played not fable legends sorry fable the journey the yeah. connect oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and um like they'd been working on the game for a while and stuff and they knew what the game was and they were just building it and um, someone asked Peter Molyneux a question at E3 saying, the game looks on rails, is it on rails? And Peter Molyneux said, it's absolutely not on rails. Oh, and the development team were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Like, they'd literally designed the game so that the environment disappeared behind the camera as the camera was going forward. Like, it was literally disappearing so it could load the next bit. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's telling them, yeah, just look about. You literally couldn't look behind you because there would be nothing there to see. Yeah, 
he was telling everyone you can and apparently he walked into the studio and said right I've got an idea for a special move we could use for Fable the Journey um, where you zoom up into the air look down across the the map (laughs) And then start firing lightning bolts down at enemies and stuff, <laughs> and they were like, "That's that's actually impossible. That's literally <laughs> impossible." Um, and then there was the the, the stuff about how, uh, what, what was the oh shit Fable Three? Um, mm. So Molyneux was working on Milo and uh, well, uh, everyone calls it Milo and Kate, but Kate was only in that fucking promotional video. But Molyneux <laughs> was working on Milo, and. Um, someone else was working on fable three he didn't really have much to do with it until mm. he come in just before what was it months before it came out and said yeah. no i want this rotor rule stuff in there and i want this end game Are you kidding that's why that was so shit that's why it was so fucked because he come up at the end and said no i want all this stuff in there and they had to try and cram something in like weird because if you remember correctly like the first say half maybe even three quarters of, of fable three were decent like yeah, I, yeah. I, the, the the quest that really sticks out was the board game one yes where you, where you shrink down and you've got this whole quest where you're you're playing inside a board game you know that stuff was genuinely good um and the stuff right at the start where you were like walking around the palace as a young you know soon to be king that, that was really cool stuff mm. um it just fell apart at the end and that's the stuff that people remember the most and that is literally Peter Molyneux sticking his oar yeah. in. The final um, boss that is just a boss that you've fought before, but it's possessed by another character. And then <laughs> the ending sequences. It's literally just some text on the screen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fucking unbelievable. It's so bad. It was literally just going, hey, do you want to build this hospital? Like it was, yeah, that was it. It was, do you want to build this hospital or do you want to build a casino? Yeah. And like if you build a hospital, it's like, oh no, the people hate you. Yeah. If you build the, uh, no, if you build the casino, the people hate you. If you build the hospital, you get no money. So it's like, it was just, if you wanted to be a good guy, you were skinned. If you wanted to be a bad guy, everyone hated you. It's just that. And that was but you could the still, moral, I guess. You could still make plenty of money just on property if you were good. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I couldn't be asked with all that stuff. Mm. What? What? I mean, James, you're made for this stuff. What? What did you think of it? What do you mean by that? Like you love <laughs> hearing about companies failing and all that sort of shit. No, that's you must that's have loved not, this article. That's completely unfair. But I did actually enjoy the article a lot. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew you would. The article was great. I mean, the thing that I did think that was kind of sad though about the whole thing was that, like, I think one of you set up Linehead to be like this sort of like studio that would do like experimental like new things you know like you had like black and white and they were going to try and make you know basically new stuff but then it just became a studio really about fable but fable wasn't even their game like it was from which which studio was it that had it originally Uh, big blue box that's it yeah and they were like brought into linehead so it's like it wasn't even theirs like in the in the first place yeah i thought it was really interesting actually yeah. But then, but then, without Lionhead's input, I don't think Fable would have quite been Fable. I know people said that they were liking it and stuff, but I mean, especially for Fable Two, I didn't play the first one, but especially for Fable Two, that took a step forward. With you could tell, you could see Molyneux's input in that game and mm-hmm. where it was, you know, where it worked well. Um, so I'm not 100 percent sure, to, like saying, well, it wasn't really their game. No, no, no. It's, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not their game. What I'm saying is that like, I think. I don't think that that's what he envisioned, like sort of setting up the studio for, was to be like working on sequels to Fable. You know, that was yeah, that true. was not the intention in the beginning. No. And the fact that it wasn't even their game in the first place must have been a bit kind of annoying that they were kind of stuck with that. Yeah, 
weird one. I mean, there's no doubt. I, I, I probably don't have as much love for Lionhead as most people. Um, but I do still, you know, it's still very sad when when a UK developer, or but any developer really, mm. get gets shut down like that, you know? Do uh, they, especially um, when they were does, mid-game. Sorry, they, they put in so much promotion work to Fable Legends and just gone, just not coming out. But that was like death by sort of like committee, wasn't it, that game? Because it just, they they were basically screwed by the whole Xbox One thing, you know, the training mm. direction, you know, games are a service, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I don't, I don't know what you mean. We well, you know how. I mean, it really felt like from reading like towards the end of that article that like one of the things that really damaged Lionhead was the fact that you know Don Matrick was like the head of Xbox and had changed like what the focus of Xbox was going to be, and they were kind of dancing to that all the time, and yeah, it didn't really work out. No, well, that makes sense. Does he? Um, I think I'm already past the bit where it might have come up, but in the article, do they ever mention? The final demon door in Fable Two. No, I yeah. don't think they do. No, because this what is was... something I don't. I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone else who's who's seen it. Um, and I've never like nothing's ever been written about it. And someone probably should. And it sounds like it's going to have to be me one day. But so you know, in Fable, there's all the the demon doors, and they all add like there's just these giant talking doors, and they've all got weird requirements to open them. And then behind each one, there's like a little area with some items in it and stuff. Do you remember them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like one of them, you had to get your dog to roll over or some stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But like some of them were a huge pain in the ass, and like the stuff behind some of the doors, some of it was a bit like some of it was quite creepy, and sometimes they're just these like beautiful little areas and stuff. And again, it's usually just like a chest with some cool items in it. And um, I think I know what you're going to say. Did you ever do the final one? Are you talking about like the? I don't know the correct way to say this but the sort of shrine yes yes yeah yeah um, i do i i think i have read something about this yeah so you basically you, you unlock but you had in order to unlock the final demon door in the game you have to have done all the others um which is a hell of a task um but yeah you go through the final one and it's this big song and dance about it and you go into this area where it's just like like visually it's just absolutely stunning it sort of goes up um onto this little sort of I think it's like a cliff edge and there's like trees all around you and there's this like giant waterfall of rainbow and stuff. And like there's there's a chest um, and it's got some money in it, which by this point in the game you don't really need it. So it's like, oh, that's a bit weird. And um, yeah, and then at the, at the edge of this little cliff, there's like a little plinth with, I think it's got like a book on it. And you, you open that and there's, it just comes up with some text on the screen. It's like a poem um, and it's signed with this guy's name. That unfortunately, I can't remember. And I was like, well, what's the significance of that? So I Googled it, and it's, yeah, it was one of the testers who was working on the game, and he was like 18, 19 years old, died in a car crash. Yeah. So it's like this whole thing is just a little memorial to this guy. Like, it's it's like, like I say, it's supposed to be this, this final thing you do in the entire game, and you're expecting like a big fucking sword or some shit like that. And uh, yeah, and you just get this... this uh, memorial to this guy well, that confer- what what that does t- for me anyway that confirms the sort of nicer side of this article where mm-hmm. the, at that period of time during the development of fable 2 they genuinely i mean they were being ridiculously overworked i mean yeah. it was you know as as you've heard a million times before in the gaming industry it was disgusting you know working conditions and stuff like that 
but they all felt like a family. Like yeah. everyone was very close as they were putting this game together. Mm. I don't know how true that is and how much is that, you know, just people remembering things in a nice way. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, they there's a lot of people saying, I fucking hated it. I, you know, it's hard work and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I love the people that I was working with and that really mm. drove us through. That was the feeling behind it. So, yeah, yeah. Y- yeah sort of, um, you can understand why they would dedicate such an important part of the game to to something mm. like that. Mm. Yeah, weird one. Shame. And, uh, you know, I I just hope all those people that, that made Fable 2 as good as it was are, are all happily working on something new now. Um, you know, <laughs> it's always sure a weird feeling, isn't it? Like, when Red Dead Redemption came out and there's been all these stories about how horrible the development was and how like people haven't seen their families in three months and stuff and then you play it and it's like, oh, but it is really good. Yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> but, but I am enjoying this computer game. Yeah. So it's like and you when never you put like- a new shirt on that you know has been made in a sweatshop. Like, <laughs> like, actually, it feels pretty good. So and I it's like probably get that blood stain out. And you sort of you don't you don't it's hard to know how to feel because if I'd like nearly killed myself working on something, the least I could hope for is that people would then enjoy it. Like, you know, like to yeah. to work so hard on something for everyone to then like boycott it. Yeah, this is like, oh, for shit. fuck's sake, will you at least play it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird. Anyway, nod to you, Lionhead. Not gone but not forgotten. Mm. Alright. Good. Was there anything else that cropped up this week? There was some pretty weird stuff going on in the WhatsApp group earlier. Is that about review scores or something, Matt? <clears throat> well, only because only the fact that uh, the Washington Post gave Uncharted four four out of ten and the internet burst in the flames. I read the I read the Washington Post review actually, um, and but I didn't see a score on it. Like it wasn't prominent unless I can just my eyes were fucked. But I was looking at it on the mobile version. And I I couldn't see the score. No, I think um, it, it, it doesn't it? have a score on the actual review, but it was sent to Metacritic. Yeah, they oh, they really? they work it out based on somehow I don't know how they do it. It's basically made Hold up. On, so Washington Post didn't actually give it a four. No, Metacritic well, worked it out no, from what that they did give it a four, but they didn't put the four on their reviews because I, I I gather that's not what they do. But they did supply the four out of ten to Metacritic. Oh. That's weird. Um, or I'm... there was a four in the text somewhere. So they <laughs> so <Yeah>. they just, <laughs> just assumed it was uh... that. I read the review and I kind of thought, okay, he doesn't like these games. And um, there's a point where we've got to start working out if games, how how subjective games are, you know, like... Uh, they're totally subjective. That's the they're thing. not totally subjective though, are they? Because then you've still got technical issues and, you know, basic gaming mechanics that can be shit, you know, without question. Um, I don't think all games are subjective, are they? Um, I mean, yeah, they they can be mechanically bad. That's true, but then some people can still get enjoyment out of it, even if they're mechanically bad. Me and Earth Defense Force, for example. Yeah, yeah, but then review when it comes to reviews, review those, James. If a game is mechanically bad, you can't review it and think, yeah, but some people might not care about it. No, that's, I mean, if that's... it's mechanically get bad, it's got to go in. What what I'm saying, right, is that um, uh, Uncharted 4, we'll get to our opinions on that in a bit. What I'm saying is that when reviewing a game, um, if you are if you dislike the game, 
then shouldn't that come out in your review? Shouldn't you be able to write that without getting yeah, absolutely... But, the, but a good critic should recognise what other people will find to enjoy about it. But should if... they change their opinion to suit, though? That's the question. Well, again, that's are you then are you putting your opinion across or are you producing a piece of criticism? But isn't piece of criticism based on your own opinion? Not always. It's a, see, it's a, it's a difficult one because I think mm. you know I fundamentally disagreed with pretty much all of that review. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I you know I see the the game in a very different light. Um, but at the same time, I just thought. Well, hold on. Are we having a go at this guy for... Oh, it's so tough because when fucking Polygon do it, I kick off. So I'm part of the problem as well. <laughs> but, but but I feel... I don't know. It's, I mean, it, but it's, it's, if Polygon do it, it's because it's really badly written. <laughs> it's one of the reasons. It's it's just a hard thing. He got, but this this wasn't a badly written art like review. It just the guy didn't like the game, and it's it's kind of like, um, should we be like saying okay, regardless of how good I think the game is, if you don't like it, then you're entitled to that opinion. I I don't know. Well, that's it the thing. Yeah, like... it's like uh, like maybe this is a cop out, um, which means it definitely is. Um, I just feel like there's enough. Games writing getting chucked around these days that like you can find people that agree with you no matter what. If you want super yeah. objective games criticism, it exists. If you want really subjective games criticism, that exists. And like, but regardless of that, anyone should be mature enough to be like, well, I enjoyed it. You didn't. Pfft, who cares? Which which they're not going to do. I mean, yeah. that's just not the way the internet reacts to things these days. Mm. Although saying that, I mean, I I'm not massively into films, um, but you do notice very varying opinions on on um, on films out there. Like when you read mm. film reviews, like literally, some people will give it five stars, some people give it that that same film two stars. Yeah, is the reaction the same? I don't know. I'm not in that community. I don't really know that community well. Um, but I mean, also part of this is that is reviewers that are. Like writing this way to get clicks as well. Which well, that's well, again. Yeah. But then, is it too easy to sort of just sit back and say that? No, no. Wow, well, they're just doing it for clicks. But yeah, okay. Look at that. Look at the review of Star Fox Zero on Polygon. I mean, <laughs> there's no way that he didn't write that without the intention of thinking a lot of people are going to, you know, maybe they're going to be angry with me about this, but a lot of people are going to click on it. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to speak to someone who actually does this for a living, and get their take on it because uh, I think it's a tough one. I guarantee. I can almost guarantee that everyone that's done it for a living, like reviews games for a living, has had the beat down from certain parts of an internet over a review that they they wrote, literally just offering their opinion on a game. Um, uh, I'd like to see their take on it. Because it just, it, I just find it very strange to get angry at a review that you don't agree with, because it's not saying I. I read the review and it didn't necessarily say it was a bad game. It kind of just said, "I wish this was better," or it, mm. I, "This is just not what I enjoy in video games." And I kind of, I'm past the point in getting angry about that side of things now. I think what what amazes me is like who feels that. Uncharted Four needs people to stick up for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like if if this was something really niche 
and like and a big website had written a review to completely missing the point and absolutely trashing it. Like I could sort of understand people getting upset about that, but like who are like oh no Uncharted Four's not going to sell as well now because of one <laughs> review. What are we going to do? Yeah, what's the end goal of the moaning there? Yeah, exactly. What what was really disappointing was that Troy Baker tweeted the uh, the petition to get the review pulled. There was a petition. Sorry, what? There was a petition. Yes, oh, there uh, was. yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. Not to re- not to pull the review, just to get it taken off Metacritic. And uh, yeah, Troy Baker tweeted it, which was a bit embarrassing. That's weird, isn't it? It is. Uh, Troy Baker be one of the voice actors in the game. For those yeah, but what know. I'm saying is that, that that's weird that there's a petition to get a review. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Out. But, you know, it's the internet. Of course, there's bloody is. Fuck, I don't know if I should be... I don't know. Do you know what else really annoyed me? Oh, no, sorry. This is this is completely... This is just sulking about websites now. Forget it. I'll talk about it in a minute. No, go cool. on. What, what were you going to uh, <laughs> uh, So I, I like uh, PC Games N. I don't know if you guys ever go on it. Um no. Like even like obviously because everything's fucking cross-platform now. So even if you don't have a PC, it's just quite a good game for website. No, they they had a, a an article up the other day that was like or a news item rather that was like Cliffy B fucking slams the new Doom, and it was like all it was was like basically he'd been tweeting about it saying he's really enjoying it, but then at one point just said oh, I don't know if the execution thing's that smart because we had that in Gears of War and I sort of regret it. <laughs> yes. But anyway, sorry, yeah, that's, that's like a tangent. Yeah, yeah, that that apparently that uh, qualifies as him going in for the kill. That's the usual sort of sensationalism that, that yeah. everything's falling into these days, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's fucking nonsense, like mm-hmm. making mountains out of molehills and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I don't like that stuff either. But, but sorry, like, Matt, this was your mm. subject, and we've kind of like just jumped on <laughs> it. I don't know. I, I just wanted to bring it up just because I thought it was interesting and also ridiculous, and you know this whole. Should we review games? What should scores be? Should it be out of 10, out of 5? No reviews whatsoever. This is going to keep going and going, and I just find it really interesting. I mean, there there's certain calls from the internet saying that, you know, review scores don't matter, but they clearly do. I mean, they, they clearly do. Um, then there's the, the, the argument that, well, 5 is an average game, and 6 is, you know, above average. Now, that's changed now. That's just fundamentally changed. The transition, the translation of a 7 or an 8 score is is completely different to that mentality of 5 is average, you know, 6 mm. is above that. Like, each number has its own feeling to it these days. Like, so yeah. when I write a review, I, I tend to write the review and not... I, I think about the score as I'm playing it, this feels like an eight. This feels like a nine. Do you know what I mean? That's how I, how I do things, and um, you you're not sitting there thinking, well, this is an average game. It deserves a five because, as we know, average games now probably sit around the seven mark more yeah. than anything else, which sounds ridiculous, and it is, but that's the translation. That number at the end is trying to push your point across of your feeling of that game. You know that. Forget the two thousand words you've written before it. That is the kind of a little stamp next to it. Um, so yeah, the review score argument is always a, a really difficult one to get into. But I like them. Like I, I tend to look at the number before I actually read the review, which maybe you shouldn't do. I don't care. But that's that's naturally what I do. Oh, what score did they give it? Then I read read the review. Um, and I bet you all do that as well. Uh, I t- I don't really bother with Bo- scores bollocks. these days. <laughs> yeah, you're not that bothered. No, 
Really? I, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I'm maybe I'm just the wrong person to be talking about this because I tend to just like I know who I like and I know who I listen to when it comes to reviews. Like if if you know, like Chris Schilling's written something or um, you know various other people, I know who I'm generally in line with, and I just enjoy reading their stuff. So the scores, like oh, I don't know, not really that close. <laughs> that said, uh, like if something get if I'm if I'm excited about a game and then it gets a seven in edge, that's usually a fucking guarantee I'm going to love it. Yeah, so, is it was it a six, six or seven? Is the, usually the the big thumbs six, up from yeah. it. Yeah. Six usually it's six. Yeah. It's guaranteed classic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, that's an age old argument. We should probably move on. Um, what what was there anything else anyone wanted to talk about before we get into what we've been playing? No? Nah. Good. Right. Um, Matt, we should probably get the ball rolling, really, shouldn't we? Let's do it. Uncharted 4, then. You've just come off the back of 1, 2, and 3. I've not played 3 since it was launched. Um, how, are you finding, how are you finding Uncharted 4? Uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. I did say on the last episode that I probably would uh, leave it a couple of weeks until I'd played uh, 4, but you totally Tuesday crumbled, came didn't you? and I couldn't resist. Yeah, you text me and just go, right, I'm going on Amazon Prime and getting it delivered in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I did just that. <laughs> um, so yeah, you've decided, let's let's do this first, because you've decided to stream this, uh, because you did one, two, and three, you thought, well, I should really do four. Yeah. But I can already tell that you're regretting that decision. A bit. It's uh, it's interesting, the streaming Uncharted 4, because no one wants to watch it. And there's many reasons why it could be the case. Um, Eurovision on Saturday was one reason, maybe. But actually, I think... Well, actually, I've got a fair few tweets from people saying that, one, they would like to watch it, but they're playing the game currently, so they're not going to watch it. Um, or they're playing, but they haven't quite got to the bit I'm at, so they don't want to spoil the game. Or they just don't care about the game, and they're not going to watch it. And yeah. I think, unlike maybe other indie games where people are trying to work out whether it's worth them spending the money and they'll watch a stream to see what the game looks like, or other other new games maybe, but a game like Uncharted where it's been out since, obviously the first game came out in 2007 or 2009, it's obviously it's, it's quite quite old uh, series, people already know whether they want it or not. Mm. And so the four, four games out, they're either going to be playing it or they're just going to be ignoring it. So uh, it's really, it's an interesting game to stream just because uh, I don't think people really want to watch it that much. They're either going to be playing it or not. There, also, there's also, there's also the thing that I, I mean, I've played the first, you know, when I, I played the first couple of hours before you'd booted it up. And within those first two hours, I was like, Matt's going to regret streaming this. And I'll tell you why, because this game, unlike the first three, focuses on characters a lot more. There are a hell of a lot more cutscenes at the start of this game and throughout. I mean, it's all cutscenes. There's a lot of cutscenes and and character development and stuff. And where you can kind of get away with that in the first three, because it's essentially, I mean, who remembers the actual story of the first three? I mean, but I bet Matt's even forgotten most of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it was kind of a a bit part, and the the main focus was the character interaction rather than the story themselves. In this. It's literally about the characters and what they're going through emotionally. And I think missing that, because when you're streaming, you're not concentrating on cutscenes, not at all. You know, you've got a camera in your face, you're trying to be entertaining, whatever. 
you're missing all that stuff. You're missing a huge portion of Uncharted 4 by just not focusing on these cutscenes and, and the character dialogue during missions and stuff. So I kind of thought, fuck, man, you might want to stop doing that now because this looks like you want to get, you know, you want to dive into it properly. Yeah, it's not just that. It's the fact that if I find myself a free half hour, I can't just jump on and start streaming and I, I would rather just be playing. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, back to the game. Um, yeah, looks good. Looks looks stunning. Looks absolutely mind blowing. Firstly, I mean, I, I, it's the best looking game I've ever played. Easily. I mean, bar probably PT because PT was you know literally just a hallway, so it had the advantage of just making that hallway looking very very good. The, uh, the graphics in this are incredible. Like absolutely, st- some of the locations are just insanely good looking. Um, there's a bit, a little bit later on, Matt. It's not a spoiler, but there's like a, there's, it starts raining quite heavily. Oh, and fucking, it what is, a spoiler! Yeah, and it is jaw dropping. That 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 whole section was jaw dropping. It just looks second to none. Mm. Um, uh, I think the uh, the the fact that they've definitely reduced the amount of shooting involved is is uh, it benefits the game a little bit more. Um, basically, the game now feels a little bit. It's easy, you know cliche to you know compare it to but but it feels a little bit like manhunt now so when whereas before there was a lot of walk into a room floods of enemies turn up you've got to keep firing away and killing them until they've gone this time it's like a huge area filled with enemies and basically the best way of getting through it is by stealthing the way through it you know so Climbing off the side of cliffs, shuffling over and pulling someone down, or or hiding in uh, bushes and stuff like that, and uh, uh, taking people out as they walk past. Um, that stuff feels really good. Like like you're picking people off one by one, and it yeah, does it that. Yeah, it really does. It does that excellent thing where if you die, it takes you back to the last checkpoint where they weren't alerted. So yeah, at okay. no point are you like suddenly in a gunfight again, and at no point are you shot way back to the start so you've got to do the whole stealth bits again it just takes you back to just before you you know you were alerted to the the, you alert the guards and you can just push through it that way so if you keep fucking up eventually you'll find a way through but um yeah the combat seems a little bit tweaked i mean not massively so uh the aiming's a lot better than it has ever been in the uncharted games which is all it's always had a problem with aiming. There's always been either a little bit too floaty or whatever. This this one's definitely a little bit more snap auto aim stuff, which is good. Um uh the cli- the climbing, I mean I like to see this. Uh, this is supposedly I'm not at the end now, but supposedly this is the end of Uncharted, right? And it makes that very clear at the end of the game. I'm kind of alright with that now. Because I think as much as I like these games there's no doubt that sometimes the climbing stuff is a bit boring. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's one bit. I mean, I, I I guess we should say where we are up to in the game. What, what, what chapter are you up to? 13 now, I think. Okay, cool. I'm only up to... I've just finished chapter 8, basically. Yeah. And uh, there is a chapter of a lot of, cli- a lot of climbing, and uh, it wasn't terribly great. Well, it's, it's not that it's not great. I mean, it's still fun to do. There's a lot to look at and stuff like that. It's just, it's like... Where do you go from here? Because essentially the climbing is still pretty much the same as it was it was in one. Um and I'm not tired of it, I'm not bored of it, but I do kind of think 
I don't really want another game like this now. You know, Tomb Raider is slightly different because it does things differently. You know, I, I find the the whole climbing stuff in that a little bit more freeform whereas this it's very rigid this is the way to go you've got to you know climb this way i i don't know i just kind of think that the whole um how do i put it climbing's not boring right when you look at the way uh crackdown did climbing now mm. climbing and crackdown was very much can i get up there and then working out a way to get up there. And sometimes you'll get halfway up and realise, no, there's not a way to get up there. I've got to jump back down and do something else, right? It feels like you're trying to find a way up to the top of whatever you're trying to climb. In the Uncharted games, it was you're looking for the next bit of rock that you're supposed to jump onto. And that's the difference there. You don't get the satisfaction by reaching the top. You, you just get that feeling of, Okay, I've found the right way across this rock. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really and, much, it does feel like you could do it with your eyes closed. Really, there's there's no real excitement about doing it. You're just tapping right, press X, right X, left, right X. It's yeah, it's not terribly exciting. Yeah, and but it's kind it, of it's not, it's not about with that. like Nathan Drake sort of like reaching out to the next thing that you're able to climb on and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not. I'm not slagging the game off. What I'm saying is that I think the series has now taken that stuff as far as it possibly can. And because it's such a huge part of Uncharted, I wouldn't want to see an Uncharted 5 because I, I can't see how they can improve on that. They've tweaked a few things, like there's a whole bit where you're doing that stuff while staying in stealth um, at night time. And that kind of adds a little bit more sort of game to it it make it, it makes it feel a little bit more but like it's adding to the the climbing mechanics but other than that it's like kind of okay that's that's fine but i'm still doing the same stuff again um it, it does it does play around with stuff like that though actually there, there are things that you're used to doing in uncharted games and it puts its slight little tweak on it now i don't consider this a spoiler but I'm sure there are people out there that that freak out about this sort of stuff. So if you don't want to hear anything, it's uh, for those that have played it, it's at the auction scene. And um, so if you're not up to that and you don't want to hear anything, fast forward about a minute. But there's a bit in the, there's an auction, right? And they're selling something that uh, you want, but you can't afford it. So you're trying to steal it. And at one point you're trying to get to a power generator to turn it off on the whole the building that you're in now while you're doing this sully is trying to buy time in the auction and uh so you're telling him to bid for whatever the thing is that you're trying to steal and the cool thing is is that you're rushing around to try and sh shut the generator off meanwhile you're hearing the price of the item that you're trying to steal go up in your ear and like sully getting a sweat on going look nate hurry up man i can't, I, I mean it's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. like i can't afford this shit and it's getting higher and higher and for some reason that really got to me i like really put me in a panic and you know, i'm constantly hearing in my ear oh $1,600 like you were like jesus fuck we need to I, it, it's really clever really really clever um just little moments like that that take what you're used to doing in an uncharted game and put a little spin on it to make to make you a little bit more invested in what you're doing i think works um and when it tries that stuff not only with little tricks like that but also with adding depth to the characters and you know uh nathan drake 
going like seeing him come out of his new home life and watching him lie to his wife and stuff like that that really comes across and adds weight to everything you do in that game uh and as a result gets you like a lot more interested in what's going on yeah he does lots of interesting stuff with the themes of family and relationships and that sort of stuff i I won't say much more but it does even in the early cap chapters i played it does some really interesting stuff there well that's it i mean i mean we could probably talk about the stuff in the loft right i mean i guess I, I mean, a period of pressure about any sort of spoiler. Yeah, but I, again, it's, it's, I don't know. It's very early on in the game. You're in the loft of your family home as Nathan Drake, and um, you've just got the option to look around. And there's artifacts from your previous, you know, the previous games, you know, it's nods to the previous games. But then there's a bit where you find a toy gun, and then you get to control him as old Nathan Drake, you know, from the earlier games for a little bit while he's up doing normal shit up in a loft like living his life like a normal person um but for that brief moment it it gives it like it instantly tells you that hold on he's not finished with all this stuff he still enjoys it like rolling around the attic and shooting at targets and stuff like that with a toy gun and you go you reminisce with him because it's the first time you get to experience uh, is it the first time you get to experience the combat stuff or is that right at the beginning if it's right at the beginning, there's a little yeah, bit yeah. of it, but 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 it does sort of take you back a little bit as the character is like reminiscing of the past as well. Yeah, and especially really the fact he's looking over old artifacts, and then then he gets gun, and yeah, it it definitely evokes a strong strong emotion in me. It's just really really fun, and it got me excited for whatever's coming next. There's also, and I won't spoil it because I think this is a wonderful thing that the game impress have done because. There's a, a there's a bit of a moment in chapter four where you go, whoa, where the fuck has this come from? This is weird. Why is this yeah. happening? This is brilliant. It's it a brilliant, brilliant moment. So easy for the game impress to just whack that up as a video on YouTube before the game come out. But it was as if there was like some sort of unwritten rule where all these game sites got together and went, you know what? Let's not spoil this bit. Let's let them discover it. So yeah, I love that. I love the fact that that hasn't got out. And uh, if you're if you're playing it and you, you you probably know what I'm talking about, don't tell anyone about it because it's nice. It's just a nice stupid little moment that I love, um, and it would be a shame if like everyone knew about it. So uh, yeah, cool. It, it's doing a lot more than I thought it would be doing. Putting it that put it that way. The um, the, the cutscenes and the animation, the facial animation, the yeah, the, the dialogue, everything. It's it looks incredible this time. I mean, the, the the graphics of the yeah, the facial animations looks it's mind blowing, isn't it? Do you not think? And and it and it really does add character to it as well. I mean, you can really see uh, there's there's a moment later on. I don't think you're there yet, but there's a l- moment later on where uh, Nathan Drake's view of the mission they're on changes slightly, not fully, but just it just changes a little bit. And you that totally comes across in his facial facial animations there on. You know, even the way he walks is slightly different. I, I might be imagining that, I might be projecting that on myself. But but th- there's a different feel to that character after a certain scene. And you go, Wow, fuck. They've done this mainly using the sort of new technology that you've got in the PS4 now. You know, the power the extra power there has made me see stuff in this character that I w- I've never been able to see before in a video game. You know, kind of what um, Elaine Noir did 
or tried to do, but without the dramatic, you know, facial expressions that look like they were more they were more suited to see BBs or whatever. This looks like genuine human emotion going on on the screen. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really clever. There's, there's so many subtle touches, and, and during cutscenes, I'm as much watching the character's face as I am hearing the dialogue to understand their emotions or what's happening and where yeah, the scene's see what going. Thinking. Matt, if you're doing that, you wait in a couple of chapters' time, that's going to hit home even more. Like, it really is. Very, very clever. Like, very well done. Um, and I can't I can't wait to push on. Jo walked into the front room the other day, and I was sitting playing it, and she went... Oh, she laughed at me, and I said, what? She said, why are you, like, leant forward like that with your knees on... with your elbows <laughs> on your knees, like... And I'm... I just went, fuck, it's because I'm so into this. Like, I'm really uh, wrapped up in it. Uh yeah, what a way, what a game, man. Naughty, Naughty Dog are fucking good, you know. <laughs> They're good at what they do. They're all There's right. no doubt about that. I tell you, I mean, already just playing it, I was thinking about Last of Us 2 and what that's going to be like. Do you want that to be next or do you want new IP next? I mean, I, Last of Us is one of my favourite games of all time. I would love, a, a, a sequel will be coming. I'll also be happy with a new IP, but just seeing the graphics and... Yeah, I, I feel like it feels like they've learnt a lot of stuff from Last of Us. It does feel way more Last of Us than uh, than previous Uncharted games. Um, Do you know what I'm? Obviously, not because Last of Us to... has come out since the last Uncharted game, but you can tell there's a lot of influence of what they've learned in that game. Do you know what I'm not looking? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of influence from that game seeping through into this. Yeah, for real. Like, I mean, you look at that f- opening scene in The Last of Us, and although nothing so far has been that dramatic in Uncharted 4 you can see the, the, the that they've learned from that shit and they wanted to bring it into the Uncharted series you know um, and they fucking nail it they really nail it um, the one thing I'm worried about with the uh, Last of Us 2 reveal is the Twitter comments that are inevitably going to come out <laughs> turns out it wasn't the last of them hey guys <laughs> retweet please you know what I mean that's the stuff I'm not looking forward to, Matthew. <laughs> you just have to get over that, Dave. You getting this, James? Or uh, not, James? You haven't got a PS4. No, no, no not get... James. <laughs> you getting this, Sean, or what? I'll get it in a bit when it's cheap. I just don't understand you sometimes. I've got ga- I've already got games to play, and I've got. I'm buying a fucking house. This is so, so. No, I'm not. I'm not coughing up forty five quid for a game that I'll play in six months and enjoy just as much and pay half the amount for. This is the pinnacle of AAA gaming. Like this is, it's polished. It's I know, but it's, it's not going to age, is it? Not for a while. Uh, I don't know. Have you played Uncharted Three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, have you, Sean? Um, um, actually, no. no, Dave. Sorry, I meant to mention this on the last show, but I uh, I forgot. Uncharted Three. I I don't believe you finished that game. Yeah, I think you can check, my, you can check my trophies. Check my trophies. I'm not going to check your trophies. I'm too busy for that. But <laughs> basically, there's a lot of spiders in that game. There's a yeah. lot of being chased by spiders. It's spiders horrific. go all over your face, probably at yeah. points. It's horrific. I, mean, I don't really care for spiders. I mean, so I'm not really bothered by spiders, but some bits are a bit sort of, you know, there's fucking there's a fucking load of spiders chasing you down a tomb. I, I just don't believe you finished that game. Yeah, it kills me, Matt. There are other games, I'm sure, when you said, oh, guys, do you remember the big spider? And the big spider was some cartoony thing, or it was just, it wasn't, it didn't even, you know, I didn't, mm. I don't remember it. Whereas this is very clearly huge spider chase sequences. There's a few things that I can get, there's a few things that I can get away with. One of them, with that, 
they they didn't really for for the most part they were in the dark so i was able to deal with it right isn't that worse the bit went no because they're fake they're not here if i can't see them in the game fine i don't care i mean if i can't see them in my front room i I will freak the fuck out and have a heart attack you know like uh what was it that wrestler guy i feel for him the big fat sumo wrestler guy who died yeah it didn't he die wasn't that the story that he he was in a hotel he used to hire people to go into his hotel room and clear out any signs of spiders and then he once went into a hotel room saw a spider and had a heart attack i'm sure i'm sure that's i don't right. know of that story i don't See, i can that. imagine like if i had the money because i like i used to think like when i was a kid like like oh yeah if i won the lottery i could put like laser grids in all the air vents and stuff <laughs> Brilliant! You should still the, do that, the, Sean. The the you know the plug hole in the bath. Nothing's getting in. So yeah, just I can imagine like everywhere. if I was just you know like a mild celebrity. Yeah, I'd pay some guys to. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm. T- he's my brother. I'm. T- I'm totally <laughs> with him on that. Um. But so, yeah, so, no. so, Sean. Sorry, if you're a big brother and you made it, the first thing you do is just install lasers everywhere. Yeah. Basically. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> a, a, just in my own house. I don't have to. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. I, other people are fine with spiders, right? It's just me. Yeah, so. I mean, but, but there are certain that, like, for example, if you, because the next game you're going to stream is Dark Souls. I'm announcing that now, Matt. You are going to stream Dark Souls. <laughs> oh, don't, Dave. That's the next game catching up. Dark Souls season two. Matt Murray, get on it. I'm definitely thinking about it, but I'm You're doing it, the whole it's series. A, it's a genuinely scary proposition. No, just double one. Just number one, but well, he is. No, see it. how he goes, man. He might, he might he get definitely first, do it, right? right. He it's might cloud right away. Let's through. just let's, let's park this. <laughs> <laughs> Season two coming soon. Um, yeah. So the the uh, uh, what were we saying? Yeah. So the enemy in that was uh, Quailag, um, is a giant spider. But I was okay with that one because it moved. It didn't move like a spider. It moved like a tank. Yeah. The movement so is okay. a huge part of it, isn't it? Yeah, big time. Yeah, these ones I don't know. I don't know how I got through it, but I did, and I never want to go back. And like, it freaked me out watching your stream. Like, I even I was going on. Like, this is grim. I don't like this. <laughs> but yeah, but, but basically, Uncharted Four looks stunning. Can't wait to play some more. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to crack on with it after after this. The next next few days, hopefully, be done by the next episode. Yeah, I, I plan to get it done. Well, I'm. I've got to write a review for it, but I'm. Uh, I'm over halfway, I think. Over halfway. So uh, I should be done by next week. Yeah, And he got it first, I think. So, um, yeah. Good game. Good game. quid, mate. Well. (laughs) Not when you're as famous as I am. (laughs) Sean. When you're as respected as me. I've paid for a game since 2008. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What have you been playing, Sean? Doom. James, you've also been playing Doom, right? I have, yeah. Yeah, I've been playing it. Doom sounds yes. great. Then it, go. It is. It's it is great. Pre- yeah, I... I <laughs> this is a game that I was expecting to not care at all about, really. I mean, mm-hmm. I really like the uh, earlier games, but I just thought, uh, it's another shooting game, but it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> how, how far in are you? Um, I've... What can I say? You can't really spoil this game, can you? Because it's like not... Yeah, it's not, not much really of a point. story. I mean, that's probably unfair. I think there is a story there if you really want to go looking for it. But 
well, it's not in probably, your face, is it? I could probably definitely say, you know, I'm just about to go to hell, and it's okay. pretty obvious that's going to happen in a Doom game, so yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just about I'm, to do that. I'm currently there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's wicked, isn't it? It really is, and it's uh, it looks amazing as well. Like, yeah. it, like visually, like you know that first part when you go out onto Mars and you've got like the um, yeah, the, like the wind like blowing all the sand like around it. It's just... interesting because when Doom Three came out and was a bit sort of survival horror-ish, like everyone was like, ah, yeah, because this, you know, this is the game that it would have made, you know, then if they had the tech to do it. Mm. And it's uh, no, probably not. Because I mean, like, it's true that people forget that um, you know the Doom games are quite uh, oppressive and and kind of scary at times, but more just in terms of tension rather than you know like silly jump scares rather than like actual like horror. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like I think this this game, like, yeah, it serves your memories of Doom more than the reality of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of what I was trying to get to because yeah. I mean that's the thing I mean to be honest this this isn't a scary game like at all no. it, it doesn't really feel scary but also I don't really feel that it feels like a complete remake though of the original because mm. I reckon I mean the level design I don't think is as good as in like, okay. you know, the original ones and also yeah. I don't think the monster design is as memorable either I mean from I mean maybe it's going to ratchet up now I'm going to hell but before that it, everything feels a bit sort of brown and looks a bit the same I know what you mean. It's not not much of a palette, yeah. Um, <laughs> Color wise, um, it's not but, really uh, what Doom's about, though, is it? There's well, no. no. Well, it is. Color. If you look at the originals, they're all like you know bright. It the colors are bright in those. You know, like yeah, I know, but like no one actually t- harps when they talk about Doom. They go and they're not going. Oh, I like the colors. No, but people do <laughs> say they like the shooting, right? But people do say they like like the the design of like you know what what you're fighting against. Hmm. I mean, mm. I, the, I the enemies, I. Appreciate that they are all very distinctive in their behaviours and attributes oh, yeah. and what have you, um, and I think they've they've kept that thing of like they're all like recognisable by their silhouette and their movement, mm-hmm. um, and there's this this constant thing of sort of managing, um, sort of you know the types of enemies and prioritising what you're trying to kill and um, sort of taking into account how their attacks work and. Um, but you're doing it at just fucking million miles an hour. You're just sprinting around constantly. Like the the way a lot of it works is, um, you'll be moving between areas, and there'll be enemies to kill on the way. And then occasionally you'll get to one of these like nests, um, which is basically you you pull a internal organ out of it or something, and it destroys the nest. But then that signals loads of enemies to come for you. And then basically it's almost feels a little bit like a platinum game to me yeah um, absolutely yeah yeah Cause, i mean because the pace i mean the pacing of it is brilliant as well like mm. with that because it's especially and the music i'm not like a massive fan but it, it does work really well with this because yeah. it's like you're especially with like the glory kills which is like you know when you stun an mm. enemy which happens to pretty much all of them and then you like do like a finisher on them mm. and it the like the, t- the amount of time it does to do the finisher is just about right that it doesn't get annoying to have to do it each time yeah it doesn't then break it's the like, flow yeah you like go towards somebody, you know, like you shoot them, you hit them, you know, to like finish them, and then you're on to the next one. Mm. And it, it, it does, yeah, it definitely feels like a platinum kind of game. Yeah. It's just in the fact that, yeah, like you, you get these little arenas where basically it just seals you in, and it's like, right, deal with like five minutes worth of enemies constantly. And you just like, you're fucking buzzing by the end of it. It's so mm. good. And like I say that, like, the music is, uh, it's not my kind of thing, but for the type of game this is, it is fucking perfect. Yeah. And just the way it 
react to the stuff you do and like sometimes there's like little like you know when you get glory kills and stuff sometimes there's little musical hits and sometimes it's just weird fucking like industrial noises mm. and like weird synths just going off all the time and it but it just it works like it's so like the sound design is just impeccable it's so dense and just feels like grotty and angry like mm. the like it just perfectly serves the the way the whole thing's meant to feel um and so you know, like, like and, and the violent stuff, and you know, like when the trailer came out, everyone was well, not everyone, like some people were going, "Oh, good, everyone's cheering at a violent video game, 2016, everyone," and it, or whenever it was, <laughs> um, and it's like, yeah, do you know what? The the violence and the gore and stuff is really good. <laughs> like, what, how gory does it get? Like, what what's the worst thing you've seen in it? Um, so basically, it's it's all about the the glory kills, which, as James says, you sort of if you stun an enemy, which is sort of basically damaging them enough to be almost dead, but not quite. They sort of flash, and you go up to them, and you hit the melee button, and then basically you'll do things like it. It varies from just like sometimes he punches them and their head explodes. Sometimes he twists the neck. Sometimes he like grabs like you know the jaw and like yanks it off and the head explodes. And but, but it's it, all just cartoony, like it's just daft, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on, like, what angle you sort yes. of go at the enemy from. So, like, if you do it from... If you, like, jump down and do it, then he'll, like, knock them to the ground and then sort of just, like, stamp their head or whatever. Mm. It's, do you know, it reminds me a bit of Bulletstorm, actually. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um... Yeah, it's it's a lot like that. You know, that kind of, um... Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, Bulletstorm just... was relatively gory, wasn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, Bulletstorm was fucking daft. And so but it doesn't this. feel like... I know this sounds ridiculous, but it doesn't feel like nasty if you no. see what I mean. It's just yeah, absolutely. Sort of, I mean, yeah. it's still like it's still the sort of thing that, as a thirty-one-year-old man, if my dad walked in on me playing it, I'd probably be a bit like, "Yeah, sorry." Um, but... <laughs> yeah, my my wife was disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> but legit, like, it just sort of it's one of those games. that's like a reminder that, um, like obviously games are a lot broader now, and some of them are very intelligent, but like. People who want games like Doom and hate, you know, quote-unquote pretentious indie games or whatever, it's like, no, right, because the fact that those pretentious indie games exist means that, like, no one's going to give you a hard time about games like Doom because (laughs) because you can play Doom and be like, look, right, there is this whole fucking spectrum to video games now. This perfectly and intentionally sits at the stupid end in a lot of ways, and that is brilliant and it's fine. And just, mm. you know, and it's it's great. Really enjoying it. Have you played it. much of the multiplayer? The multiplayer's getting a lot of buzz. Multiplayer's See wicked. That? I don't know I don't know if it's going to get a look in once Overwatch is out, from me, personally. Um, but yeah, the multiplayer's really good fun. So the only, I've only played it a bit, and it feels, I mean, the bit that I played felt a bit like sort of Quake 3, really. Is yeah. that? Yeah. Which was, that was kind of nice. There's also a level editor, though, as well. There I is. Have you I'm, delved into that? No, I had I had a glance at it, but I've not I've not um actually there's used some it yet. weird shit on there. So <laughs> like the fact that it's called Snap Map, right? I from that I got that it's just gonna be like, oh right, okay, so there's just gonna Lego be like pre- Yeah, just like prefabricated rooms and you just stitch them together. No, right, I've played Harvest Doom, which is <laughs> a mod now this is this was from they did like a little uh, snap map jam uh, um it's software, I think. And so this is one of the developers that made it, but he made it with with the tools that anyone else has. And yeah, it, it's a Harvest Moon tribute made in Doom. <laughs> so you have to like you raise plants and then harvest them and water them, 
um, and then you use that to like buy items that help you do oh, this. No, hold like on. that's that's something that they've. So this is like Minecraft levels of. I don't know if it's Minecraft levels, but it's yeah. There's like a basic sort of scripting thing so that you can set up behaviors and like sort of program things, and it's nuts. That does sound mad. Yeah, I think the I think we're going to see some really interesting stuff. There's like there's a there's a shop that's just got this demon like cutting about in it, and he's like he's friendly, and he's called Steven. Um, and uh, yeah, of course. And you just, yeah, and you just buy items off him, and you yeah, and basically the whole point is like you you have your little farm that's in this like warehouse, but then you go into what he calls the mines, which is like an actual shooting bit, and you have to farm items that help you in the mines, basically. And mm. it's just like that that's, that exists. So that that sort of gives you an idea of the the scope of it, and there's like there's people doing like sort of specific sort of co-op levels, and I think people are trying to do like little story based things. Really that interesting, pretty cool. But yeah. then, but then some of the base mode sounds fantastic because I saw Andy talking about it in a uh, group chat today mm. about um, a mode where you can get some poison gas and plant it at spawn points, <laughs> and if you Basically, so what happens is that the idea of the game, this is literally second, third hand information. This is not, I've not played this. Um, But uh, apparently there's a poison gas canister in the middle of the map and the team has to get it to the opposing team's spawn point and and set it up to release the gas. From then on, if the opposing team die, they respawn in the poison gas and they're dead like for good <laughs> like that's it they got no respawns left um uh, but then you can deactivate the gas like if you go back to your spawn point you could deactivate it and then take it to the other team's spawn point and it's essentially last man standing because eventually you know you'd all die once you're dead and you have to respawn inside the poison gas that mm. stuff sounds genius yeah like that <laughs> that's genius that's such a good idea for a game mode um it's like rainbow six survival but you have to earn earn the right to kill people off permanently you can't just mm. you know do it as a straight from the off yeah, yeah. Uh, i like the sound of that that's pretty yeah. cool the uh, but- the multiplayer as well has all unlockable shit if you're into that um you can customize your guy and almost as if on purpose one of the taunts that you start with is the carlton dance nice and don't cost you any money so um <laughs> that's always a bonus yeah um yeah and you can, can customize your guy you get all different bits of armor for him it doesn't affect your stats just looks nice um but yeah there's you've got all sort of call of duty style loadouts and what have you which i guess some people might be upset by because if you're a quake uh do more quake purist you want to be actually going around collecting the guns in the map i think there's a bit of that i've seen people cutting about with like massive weapons that um i definitely can't choose um but uh, yeah, the, the multiplayer is this nice thing as well, where there's like um, I forget what it calls them, but there's like there's like an item, and if you grab it and then hold it for a certain amount of time, you then become like one of the sort of harder enemies from the the campaign, so like one of the demons, and then you cut about as a demon for a bit and kill a load of dickheads, and it's good, it's a good laugh. Yeah, sounds good. How how far into it are you, uh, James? Uh, as I said, I'll just maybe I don't know, maybe about three or four hours in, I think. Uh, well, I'll have to uh, come. You'll have to come back and tell us about it again next week. I think it's you one think? of those where you probably could like nail the campaign in like seven to eight hours, but there's tons of secret stuff. Yeah, 
Um, See, I tried. It's funny because I tried streaming it the other night, yeah. and I I started doing it, and then the whole the whole of the game had been pretty much just action, 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 mm. and then I got stuck just at the point where I started streaming <laughs> it. <laughs> And there, there are, are a, a few. Sorry, um, they call like, that jump- a Matt Murray special. <laughs> hey, there's a few jumping puzzles and stuff, um, mm. but there's considering they're in first person, they're surprisingly good fun. I found they do break the flow a bit, but well, the bit the bit I got stuck at, which mm. I'm gonna just say what it was because it's mm. not it's not story or anything. Doesn't matter. Mm. Do you remember? There's that bit where you've got to get through. There's a door that's on fire, and you've got to try and get through it. But you there's like a console in the back of the room. That you've mm. got to activate to like you know to get rid of the flames. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely. And then I spent ages trying to get through that door because <laughs> it and it was turned out that what you got to do is you got to pick up like someone's hand like that's and sever oh, it. Oh yeah, and whack it against it. the yeah. And I kept looking at that guy, but I didn't. I couldn't. Didn't see the prompt to like interact with him. So <laughs> I just spent probably about fifteen minutes just wandering around, just going, "I don't know what I'm doing." So I'm sorry, <laughs> anyone that was watching that, because it was the most boring thing ever. I, I was, was watching it, James. Yeah, it, was, it was terrible. <laughs> nice. Okay, that's that's Doom and Uncharted for this week. Then I'm sure we'll uh, be talking about them again at some point because. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a lot to say about the ending of Uncharted, which is meant to be brilliant. So, looking forward to that. Um, also, I've just popped onto the internet and found a Q&A website with the question, is it true that WWF legend Yokozuna died due, <laughs> due to fear of spiders? How did he die? And the reply here is from someone called... Now, obviously, they filled in the name section of this website with a little bit of extra information about himself Stuart Carapola author of many wrestling books available on Amazon Kindle and the Kindle app (laughs) and his reply is this no that had nothing to do with it I covered this in my Kindle book pro wrestling stars of the 90s volume (laughs) 1 and basically it all come down to his weight (laughs) there we go I'm glad that's cleared up that was a myth that, that I believed until I'd heard that extract from Legends of Wrestling in the 90s, Volume 1. Right. Readable on Kindle. <laughs> Should we do questions of our own? Yeah, let's do it. James, what we got? Do you know, we've got an email this time. Holy yeah. fuck. Has it got any money attached to it? Has it got five of sellotapes to yeah. the back? <laughs> Did you shake it to see if the, if the <laughs> money fell out before you opened the card? Well, Matt Matt got it, so if he has, then he's nicked it. It's, uh, I it's can't talk about it right now. I thought he had some lovely new socks on. Ooh, and, and a gold shirt. <laughs> Solid gold. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable, but my God, is it? am I wealthy? <laughs> Stinking rich. Go on then, what we got? Okay, so this is from Gavin Maxwell. And it says, uh, great to see you come out of retirement for one last job. It's been a desolate place since Joypod finished. Nice uh, one. Got... Cheers, Gav. Okay. Uh, got a question for this week. I've just forked <laughs> what was out. That, James? I don't know. <laughs> I've just forked out. I've just forked out. Are you going to let me finish this or not? It depends if you continue talking like a sim. <laughs> Go on. I've just thought, you know, you're going to make me laugh now. I'm going to start laughing and I won't be able to finish this, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> Good. Or start okay. it. 
I've just forked out £50 for Uncharted 4, and while it's given me a permanent boner, I can't help but think about the £25 I paid for Trackmania and the fact that it will be a game that keeps me replaying for a good while. Awesome track editor and that one last go mentality being the main reasons for this. Yeah. Uncharted will get a playthrough and a push at some multiplayer, but that's a fairly short lifespan. What do you think makes a game worth its price tag? And considering the difference in price of these two games, where does that value lie? Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's something we've talked about before, uh, especially when Rainbow Six come out. Um, oh, we didn't talk about it because we weren't podcasting. It didn't it, exist. Yeah, <laughs> we did not exist for those months. But um, it's, I think we sp- we spoke about uh, when we were talking about reviewing Battlefield and what we should give it and stuff, and a lot of people were saying, um, well, you'll be playing Battlefield for hundreds of hours. And my point was, you can't really put a price on assumed game pl- gameplay hours. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's what you're paying for is the content on the disc rather than how many hours you might play the same content over and over again like Trek Mania is incredible like it is an incredible game but to me it feels it doesn't feel as worthy of not worthy I I don't feel it deserves a higher price point than Uncharted because Uncharted is a 14 hour campaign like the amount of effort that's gone into that the, the amount of money that's been piled into that game I can kind of understand the price point Whereas Trackmania doesn't, even though I'm sure I'll put more hours into Trackmania. I think assumed playtime is not something you can put a price on, whereas content is. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, I mean, I don't, I don't think that the number of hours that a game steals from the only life it'll ever have is really a good way to measure its worth either, though. Like, it's, it's about the the things you take away from it like a game like you know if you look look at something like it's an obvious example something like journey yeah which uh, takes three hours to finish but you fucking think about it sometimes oh no totally but then do you like i thought that was i still think that was a right price point for that game yeah no yeah i'm not saying like journey therefore should have cost more but just in terms of like you know you know saying oh this game is really good value for money you know it stole 250 hours of my life it's not always i mean there's there's different ways of looking at it there's something like i mean i'll probably get some flack for saying this like mmos they're yeah. just these fucking huge time sinks and yet you can be you know you're surrounded by people and yet you don't really engage with any of them whereas an evening spent playing battlefield with your mates Feels like a much more worthwhile and sociable activity. Um, yeah. Mm. No. Yeah, but I don't. What? What? I I agree with you. I know. I totally agree with you. Mm. But I think the point that he's trying to make is that, like, um, Trackmania is a uh, an excellent game that he will spend hundreds of hours with. Yeah. Uncharted, also excellent, but will only last about fourteen hours. Mm-hmm. What makes Trackmania then come out at the cheaper price point, whereas Uncharted is, you know, a full price yeah. game? Um, I mean, Trackmania is an odd example, just because obviously so much of it comes from the community now. Um, so you sort of like it, like something like Uncharted Four definitely cost a lot more to make, even though it occupies you for a shorter number of hours. But the thing with Trackmania is like 
it's not like the developers are still having to churn stuff out for it now. Like they they set up a a system and then they gave you know they gave the community the keys to it and allowed you to yeah. build your own stuff. So we'll just keep entertaining ourselves with it. So it doesn't require as much effort at the end of the day. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. It's just the amount of money it took to make and the amount of effort that had to go into it. But then I'm also thinking, right, say if Battlefield 1 came out and it didn't have a campaign mode in it, would you still expect to pay full whack for it? Well, this is, yeah, I mean, this is the, like Titanfall 2. They're putting one in, aren't they now? They are, yeah. Putting in a campaign mode. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like personally, I couldn't care any less. No, exactly. So that for you doesn't add any like so, so the single player portion of Battlefield Three, for example, that for you doesn't add anything for the amount uh, the amount of money that you're paying for it. Mm. However, if it wasn't there, you'd be kind of thinking, "Hold on, why am I only paying? Why am I paying this amount of money well, for just the, same the amount? Yeah, 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 yeah." It's weird. It's it's definitely a perception thing rather than it is a considered yeah. process. Yeah. It's a what do the audience expect to pay rather than how much is this worth? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. The whole the whole uh, No Man's Sky thing when the price was announced for that mm-hmm. ridiculous. I mean the reactions to people saying, "Oh my god, they're asking how much for it." You don't know anything about the game. You don't know how much is in it. <laughs> what, what what could you possibly be moaning about? Oh, that it was a small development team. Is that the problem? Mm. Is that how we, you know, work out the, the price and value of a game? Is how many people worked on it? No, of course it's not. A load of old <laughs> bollocks. Like, and it's like um, The Witness as well. Like everyone kicked off about that being 30 quid but that's just because everyone had decided that it was 10 hours long when actually it was, yeah. it was nothing of the sort it was just people just genuinely had no idea i mean i was the same that's why i agreed to review it only i had like a week and a half to do it thinking oh cool well i'll i'll smash that this weekend and then i'll get the thing written fucking two days before the reviews due i was like sweating trying to do some of the harder puzzles but yeah, um, yeah so i say sometimes people are just misinformed and then yeah in the case of i suppose actually yeah no one's guy's a good example because Obviously, what I've just said about Trackmania, you could say the same about No Man's Sky. It's, oh, well, it's just fucking maths, isn't it? They're not even, they're not even <laughs> building everything. They're just... Yeah, yeah. It's just maths. It just makes itself. So why should I pay full whack for that? It's, it's a one. I, don't, I think it is literally down to perception. Yeah. It's not down to anything other than... It's certainly not down to uh, assumed playtime mm. um, or maybe even content. I think it is literally down to what people expect to pay for a certain product, and and uh, I think I don't big... even think it's that. I Why just not? think it's about whatever you know. You, I, I could have tons of fun playing some stupid mode of a silly game, and that'd be worth four times what I pay for it, considering the amount of hours I put into it. Yeah. Or I could mm. play Oblivion and play it for fifteen minutes and say yeah, that's not really my my cup of tea. I mean, we put we all put hundreds of hours into Destiny. Yeah. And uh, I would have played way more than you know, I did originally um, you know, for it just because I've got so much fun out of it. Yeah, now mm. you know that. But when it was originally announced and say Destiny come out and they said, right, 100 quid, that's how much the game's going to cost. You probably wouldn't have bought it, would you? No, mm. because, because I, I didn't know what what I would have liked about, about it. I wouldn't know how much time. I think a value thing is only something you can really look at after you've played a game and after after you've experienced it to then determine whether you thought it was worth it. It's very hard to determine value 
when you first up when you purchase something straight away exactly but then that goes back to the original question so what what made um ubisoft did ubisoft um publish trackmania they did yeah so what i don't know if they made the decision themselves or it was more down to the devs but what at what point did they turn around okay and go okay this this game is worth 25 pounds do you know I what guess I mean? they probably just did mm. studies or just looked at it and said, Poo, I'm going to pay full whack for this game. That's it. And then it comes we, down we to what I'm saying. It's more about perception than smaller... anything else. They actually, yeah. um, in the, uh, the documentaries around Broken Age, you know, the Double Fine Kickstarter documentary, they do a thing in that um, where Tim Tim Schafer, basically, they, they get um, sort of people who used to work as journalists but are now like consultants or whatever. They write mock reviews of the game and literally they are asked like how would you write the review if this was 30 quid how would you write it if it was 20 quid how would you write it if it was a tenner mm. and they and they write i don't know if they write different reviews but they certainly say like well this is how it would color my perception of it if it was this price instead um so then the the developer looks at that and goes well if we charge 30 quid, it's going to take a bit of a hit on the score, but if we charge a tenner, everyone will love it, but then we'll have to sell three times as many copies, so... Or whatever, you know? Um, like, it might be just that it's that good that all the reasons... Like, yeah, 30 quid, fine. But, but yeah, but that that is a tool that developers use. Weird one. Mm, very. It is a weird one. We're way too underqualified to come to a final <laughs> answer. But personally, I think it's more down to public perception and what what they feel that they can get away with or what they, what the price tag they feel they can justify. Yeah, it's than... whatever the, the market will bear at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but, and I think, but, if um, Unch- if at... I think if Trackmania come out for full whack, looking the way it does, you know what I mean? I, I, I oh, think... yeah, because I, I had a few people who needed talking around on it because they, like, they assumed it was like 12 quid. And then when it turned out to be 30, they were like, oh, no, no, thank you. That's, and that's then they so played mad. it. When you consider how good that game is. Oh, I know. Madness. All right, should we move on? Next yeah. question. Okay, so now we've got tweets. We've got Spilt Milk. Um, which computer game character do you think would taste the best as a burger? Kirby? Super Meat Boy? Oh, yeah. Okay. Kirby, no, Kirby's be too sweet. Super Meat Boy, yeah, that's the that's the right answer. Isn't it? I think you could you could garnish it with like Pikmin as well. I think that would work. Well, it's like Little Peppers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, peppers on burgers totally underrated. Funny, just got into that shit. Fuck <laughs> me, Burger Bros in uh, in Brighton. Shout out to my boys. Um, yeah, they do a flat. They do a massive flat pepper on a burger, and it tastes incredible. I didn't try that when I went. I had the halloumi and a bit. Did it have a bit of chutney on it? Can't remember. It's fucking that's amazing. What, that's though. what yeah, all my friends get. But then they have one called the favorite burger. Right. I tried that. Incredible. Just yeah. uh, just incredible. Yeah. All right, Fucking cool. Burger Brothers, man. I could, I could do a podcast just about that. I've only been once. Why don't we do a podcast in Burger Brothers so that we can just eat that? <laughs> I just want one. <laughs> I just want one. Joe's got it in her head that like we're going down to Brighton for her birthday in August. Oh, yeah. And I know that she's going to want fish and chips. And I'm kind of like, can I just piss off for half an hour and just come back <laughs> just with a big go. grin on my face? <laughs> so uh, many good places to eat in Brighton, man. Yeah, but only one real. <laughs> in Brighton now, for me, straight to Burger Bros. Right. Uh, next question. Super Meat Boy is the best answer. 
Okay. Six, we've got uh, Scientologist. We've got Has Farley Hit Record? <laughs> well, have you? Pro- prob- uh, probably. Well, probably, but we'll find out later. Should, won't we? should have asked that at the start of the show, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably, but we never know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, next, we've got um, at Duke of Jam, we've got Scissors or Shears. <laughs> what? Do you know, I've never, I don't think I've ever used uh, Shears. So who knows? It's all to play for. For what? What is he implying? I've no idea. Know. It just that's all it says. Okay, scissors. <laughs> Next okay. question. Okay, then we got Athene Allen. Uh, will you lose the episode this week? Again, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always possible. It's, it's always possible. It's proper eating him away now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm just hoping it's going to happen to one of you guys one day. You know, it's uh, that's the, no. the meanness in me, but you know, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, then we got some. Um, Oh man, this is gonna be difficult. Okay, we got at Philball, we got Rowlett, Litton, Popolio. Uh, where would they be best in a football team's formation? Sorry, I think this is what, this is, is directed. That? I think this is directed at Sean. Yeah, it sounds like a Sean game. Well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, but not really. Because we're gonna have to join forces here, Dave, because it's about the new Pokemon, isn't it? Uh, sorry, why why am I joining forces with you over this? Because because I don't know about football team formations. Okay, all right, we'll explain what these things do and I'll tell you where they need to play. Yeah, so, so Raul, Sean, yeah. is Listen a false nine? Um, can Popolo, is he good from the back? I've abs- I don't know what these words mean, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, that just sounded like babble to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Say the first one. False nine? False nine. Have you not heard they, that term they football? Matt, they haven't got like they haven't reached that sort of level of tactical. I, I guess like, so. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the the championship. No, so Rowlett's like even, a sorry, yeah. Division One. Yeah. Rowlett's like a sea lion dog thing. Litten is a cat that sets things on fire. Whoa, 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 and whoa. Take it one by one. What was the first one? Rowlett. He's like a sea lion. Do- Hang on, let me. I'm gonna have to Google this. He's a sea lion. Yeah. Is Pokemon just given up now? Is it just? Oh yeah, fuck it. This one's oh, a no, rabbit. Sorry, no, Rowlet. Sorry, Rowlet's the the owl one. And <laughs> Rowlet, owl. And what's what's his special ability? I don't know. He does grass stuff. He could do what? Raps. The grass stuff. He's a plant Pokemon. So right, he's a plant Pokemon. So he yeah. could be. Gr- this is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just move on? Because I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on here. Okay. Oh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Zero Emerald. Is there anything you'd like to see in particular from the next Destiny expansion uh, next September? Oh, what's going to drag you back in, Matt? Um, I would like to start playing again, but um, like in terms of what they can announce tomorrow, and I'm, I'll jump instantly straight back in. Nothing that I can think about right now. In all honesty, I would like. I do want to get started and get playing it again, but. And I give, I guess then maybe I'll have uh, an answer, but there's nothing right now they can announce. So I'm like, oh my god, they've got that thing I wanted. I'm back in. So, uh, three man what raids. About, what about like yeah, a, yeah, that's a good idea. Missions where you team up with like 19 other guardians, all random, be, all strangers. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. So if you had, yeah, so on the one end, three man raids. On the other end, yeah, missions where you just it's a fucking war. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can have your, your big. You can have your big bullet sponge boss, but when there's 20 of you going at it, I'll be all right. And that game, yeah, yeah, that will be amazing, actually. I'm guessing the game can handle it, because, I mean, the public events, they get quite loaded with people, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. Kind of. more like twelve to fifteen people on yeah. those things. Yeah, I th- that Moscow battles that would be good. But I'll just I just know that I'm, next time that disc goes in my PS4, that's it. I'm going to be hooked again for another few months because hmm. I'm itching to get back to it. And I know once I get back to the tower for the first time, I know I'm going to be like, right, okay, that's it. That's all I need to do now for the next. Let's do it, Dave. Once, yeah, there's, um, there's already some. Done, there's already some it. pretty good new stuff. Yeah. Okay, we'll go back to it, Matt. Yeah, I haven't played since the new patch dropped, so there's probably loads of stuff I need to relearn. Yeah, that although is, you that better start. That's the thing that puts me off, actually. You know, because I feel like once a patch drops, you've got to relearn as a thing. So many changes. It, it takes a couple of hours or a few hours for you to learn all the changes, what happens, what happens with this new thing they've done. Yeah. Um, which is a bit off-putting, but um, I'm eager to get back, so we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, the problem is, but by the time you get like finish Uncharted and that, you're only gonna have a little bit of time with un uh, with Destiny, you know? before you before you start, <laughs> before Dark, Souls start again. Dark Souls again, yeah. season two, <laughs> catching up. You don't sound. I'm genuinely scared about that prospect. Computer but... show, sorted. Go get us followed. Right, is that it? We got one, one more? more. There's one more. We got at Busker Lily. We got what happened to Frodo's wife? Don't get that. <laughs> no, no, I you don't have a wife. We got some fucking weird listeners, didn't we, boys? Um, right, okay, that's the end of the computer game show. Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure. Matt's going to do some talking. Yes, I am. Um, the computer game show is available on iTunes. Please subscribe oh, and leave iTunes. us a review. That'd be awesome. Yep, right. We're leave also available on Overcast, Overcast, Pocketcast, if you're on Pocket Android. Cast. No one uses that. Tuning Radio, Stitcher. Yep. Stitcher. Pocket is all right. Didn't even know Stitcher existed. Anyway, um, um, please yeah, um, be. Here we go. Okay, Dave, what please you want? your problem? Go on. Carry, carry on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, Listeners, do you now. want to be like Gavin Maxwell? Do you want to send an email next week? Because you send can do in. by sending a message send to the computer game show at gmail.com. Gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave. You don't know how hard this is to do when I've got echo. I think my he knows exactly phones. how fucking hard it is. <laughs> Anything else, Matt? Uh, we're on, you know social media go on social media and find go us over there get us some follow and retweets <laughs> <laughs> I've got some good news as well Matt hit me I managed to because although James didn't hit record the three of us hit record I managed to save the moment that I I created the new sign off amazing I'm here it is that. now um, and we're also obviously at twitch.tv uh, slash the computer game show. Uh, What's our PayPal on... account for people yeah, to just Paypal.com slash money. Uh, we're also obviously <laughs> individually on Twitter. Dave is at David Turners. Sean is at Captain Toss. James is at JCA Farley. And I'm at Matt Murray. Uh, also go. on spong.com, there's another oh. podcast called The Sausage Factory. Uh, it features interviews with developers and uh, talking about how, how, how they're inspired to make games. So give that a listen as well. There we go. I think that, that covers us, right? That is the done? admin. That is the uh, yeah. Okay, cool. I will. Uh, I will catch you all next week. Thanks for living it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for living it, baby. Thanks for living, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. <Bye. laughs> that, that's the new sign off. Thanks for living it. <laughs> Thanks for living it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Are we going to record a pop outro? Or is that done? No, that's done. Okay. Thanks for living it. So there we go. 
that's it. End of the Computer Game Show, episode six. We'll be back next week with more opinions and utter a name bullshit over shit that we don't really know about. More guesswork. More plenty more guesswork. Uh thanks for living it. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. I, it looks amazing as well. Like, yeah. it, like visually, like you know that first part when you go out onto Mars and you've got like the um, yeah, the, like the wind like blowing all the sand like around, yeah, yeah. just superb. I mean, this this is like what when I think of like what what I what it was like when I played Doom when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I was a child when I was young when I was a young person. Could we cut that bit because that's fucked? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no. What? Carry on. <laughs> No, we're not. We're not because that's really terrible. I, I don't know mean? where I'm going with that. What? But yeah. Okay. I didn't even catch what you said. Exactly. You... That's why. Could we cut it? Because it was it was messed up. What I heard, it was perfectly <laughs> clear on my one. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where where am I starting from? Which I, you I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So yeah, when I ah, oh, I don't know where I'm going. It's Sean. Can you start, please? <laughs> <laughs> He's hit the eject button, from. lads. <laughs> How can oh. we not keep that in now? No, you, that's terrible. Please, don't. I don't it's what interesting, right? Because it's interesting because when.